Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What a rough game that was. That was no fun whatsoever. What was the final score of that game? Did they lose by 30? We turned it off like f- with five minutes left, right when Book hit that dagger with like five minutes left. 134-105, the Suns win it. So that game, uh, it had the look of like an all-star game early yeah. on. No defense from either team, shot making, and... It was kind of like one of those games where it was building up to it. And you're like, wow, this may be like an early season classic. And then something happens. And like Clay just like Clay goes crazy. What what was all the aggression? Like I didn't I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll sort of figure it, figure it out. We'll see if Clay talks t- tonight. But I was trying to figure out like why were some of these guys so fired up? Draymond got a T. Uh, uh, I think it was was it second or third second quarter he got the T. I think it was the second, and then Kerr got one two seconds later. And rightfully to be, it was rightfully to be upset. Like that was it was the Aiton when Aiton came down on him and Draymond was going in. Like that was the foul call missed. Draymond makes the shot. He wants the end. But I don't think that's the reason why he got the T. The reason no. he got the T is because he did that four times before that, and finally yeah. the yeah, ref was up. just like. Okay, like enough. Uh, you know, I think Kerr was sticking up for his guys, which is, uh, so, you know, he, he does that very well. Sometimes, I don't know. I don't know about giving up two free throws like that in, in a close game. They probably just assume like, oh, this is going to be back and forth. We're going to be in it. And then in the third quarter, they come out of that break and it was just all downhill for the Warriors. Clay Thompson and uh, Devin Booker go at it. I'm going to say... That because we were trying to figure out why was Clay so upset. You you never see Clay that mad, right? You see him talking trash. Like I could feel like uh, this video gets brought up a lot. But remember that one time in the 2019 playoffs where he just kept going at it with Zach Collins. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know if he ever got if he got the T. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, what was I, I'm trying to figure out what the reason was. So uh, the thing that I uh, Devin Booker is uh, notorious for talking which you know everyone in the nba talks he is also notorious for uh sort of talking and then losing games i guess you could say 
you know, because they they've they've had some successes, and this is not a shot at at D Book because D Book is is a really good player, but coming up short in the finals, coming up short last year. Last year was it was a bit of an embarrassment for them, I think, and that's where I think the frustration comes is like they probably thought that they were the team that should have been in the finals last year, and then they fall flat against the Mavericks, and uh, that, I mean they weren't even competitive in in that game. And they, they don't get to play the Warriors. And, and so the Warriors have, uh, you know, have the opportunity to play the Mavericks in, in the Western Conference Finals instead. And so I think that's where some of it comes from. Like, Well, also, um, do you remember that Draymond was saying, I don't know, it was a press conference or a podcast, that he was like, look, man, like no one was afraid of the Suns. Like we knew that we were going to beat them easily had they come and faced us. So, I mean, there have been some, there's been some talking between these teams since the Suns got CP. Yes. Yes. And, you know, CP is definitely, uh, you know, he's he's an instigator for them. And, you know, it's funny because in 2013, it looked like CP3 was going to be the Warriors kryptonite with the Clippers. And that looked like that was going to be a team that was going to give the Warriors nightmares for years. And then the Warriors just started to beat them up. And uh, not not CP, but they started to beat own the Clippers, and then they had to break that Clippers team up and, and everything. So, yeah, you know, I I didn't want to see them lose by twenty nine points, but Reggie Miller kept saying one thing, which I sort of agree with, but it's still frustrating when you're a fan. He's just like the Suns just wanted this one more than the Warriors. They were at mm-hmm. home. They remember last Christmas when the Warriors went to Phoenix and beat Phoenix uh, at, on Christmas. So there's there's a lot of stuff there. I, I, just, I think Phoenix is a really good team, even without the the Jay Crowder stuff and the Cam Johnson stuff. When you have Devin Booker, you have Chris Paul when he is healthy. And I don't think Aiton is always really good, but one thing that I was impressed with is every time he had a mismatch, and the Warriors will mismatch often because of the way that they play defense, whether it was Draymond on him, whether it was, uh, you know, sometimes the guards were on him. He just went at them, and there were some aggressive fouls. He was aggressively rebounding. He was playing like a big man, and so I really liked that part of uh, that part of Aiton there. Um, you know, I, I I really like this Suns team, and I've liked them for a while. And, you know, some of that, so, so some of that aggression that they had based on last year, it totally makes sense to me. And for the Warriors to come out flat in that third quarter, that was a little disappointing. But at the same time, I don't know. It wasn't too unexpected, especially because the defense is just not there right now for them. Yeah. And I mean, it's a team that missed the playoffs in 2020 and then gets Chris Paul and then immediately goes to the finals in 2021. They probably thought that they were starting like some dynasty or something that they were just going to be back there each year for the next four or five years. But uh, they kind of fell apart in that Western Conference fi- or Western Conference semifinals. My my guy uh, Shelvin is a Suns fan. He's he's a 49er fan. Shel- Shelvin's always supporting me and Rod. <laughs> I think he's reacting to us. I like the Suns team. This is this is no no disrespect for the Suns team. Uh, they they played really good basketball tonight. I'm just trying to figure. I'm just wondering why the aggression and why the uh, you know the 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 I don't know the trash to all that stuff for for game four, in, you know, in the season. But they don't like you know. each other, man. I could have told you that one. But at like who though? Like at Steph and CP three have a fun, yeah, s- sort of uh, rivalry. But 
you know, in 2015, Steph kind of leaped over him, right? Uh, outside of that, like who else? Like, there's no one other than yeah. Bullock. I guess who's, when you're talking about like impressive? individual individual rival rivalries, I think it's a collective rivalry. Crowder would have been the one, right? Crowder yeah, is Crowder, the one who Crowder. plays very physical against the Warriors, and he takes all that stuff personally when he plays Warriors. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still I, I want to hear all the press conference stuff. Me too. Uh, I want to hear why Booker and, and Clay were having their their issues. Maybe you know, to, to su- at some point, I think there's something that that you had said in a in a in a tweet or sorry in a text clay was just not playing well he was not shooting well so when he's not shooting well you know you always kind of go ah he'll he'll come back he'll be fine he's gonna shoot shoot or shoot themselves uh hot again and he wasn't finding it and so i wonder if book was just kind of needling him about that and yeah i thought the reps were going to stop that one a little earlier than they did like we could tell the broadcast was even picked up on it how they were just talking trash right from the get-go and it probably took about five minutes for the refs to finally assess the technical and by that point clay was already like so into the trash talking yeah. he gets his second tee i thought they would have stopped that one earlier um, coach, but- coach young randall says that kerr had to get that tee i agree i agree that kerr had to get it he had to stick up for his guy it was a foul for sure. Uh, Draymond is, you know, Draymond's not going to get that whistle because of how much the referees feel that he's just all over them, right? Like, so yeah. sometimes that that's the way that they get him back a little bit is by not giving him that whistle. I mean, I, without just guessing off the top of my head, like this was for sure the most technicals assessed in a game this season. I wonder how that like compares to like last season. If you think about who got text, Draymond, Kerr, Clay, Book, CP CP's tech was funny. Like he, <laughs> he just was he, like, "What's going he, on?" <laughs> he just was like, "Did the what's going on?" And then he like he just realized like, "Shoot, the refs have like a short whistle right now." Yeah. And then yeah, yeah, by yeah. the time he knew, he realized that it was too late. Did yeah, he get a tech? I don't. I there was one tech that I didn't understand. Yeah, I feel like what we, it was yeah. from that. That yeah, but Aiden that the announcer did Um. Yeah. CP. Like CP didn't even put the usual CP stank face on anybody, and he still got the tech. Yeah, was, he just he threw was, his arms up, and he's like, "Oh man!" And <laughs> he didn't—he didn't stick the butt out and do the walk or anything. Yeah, I was like, "Come on!" Uh, what's uh? So I mean, you know, we can we can break this game down a little bit now. The fourth quarter, half of the third and the fourth was just boat race time for Phoenix. It was. Ty Jerome time for Steve Kerr. I don't know. That that was that seemed that was an interesting guard I mean, depth. Guard depth. Uh, Clay ejected. Dante DiVincenzo out. It's Steph Moody and JP as your guards. Yeah, there's maybe some guard depth there. It looked like they were playing Moody at more of a three and having him guard Book or or Chris Paul at times too. Yeah. But I maybe just guard depth and and Kerr maybe wanted someone to spark. You know, like I, I feel like. That when the Warriors, when you put those young guys in, I don't know if someone on the broadcast that said it against the Kings or if it was something that Kerr said, but I think Kerr was upset once either in the Kings game or in the Nuggets game that his young guy, he put his young guys out there and they didn't, uh, they didn't, they weren't playing too well. And you could see it in the energy too. He calls a timeout. He's upset because the young guys, you know, when you're on the bench should be like, dying to get in yeah, and dying yeah. to prove something showing on you know showing guys, out to get to get more yeah, yeah. And, and these young guys are kind of just going through the motions like that like they've made it already sometimes and I, I feel like i don't know if how much the vets can like be in your ear and, and show them but like I, I almost feel like jordan Poole needs to be a little more of a vocal leader in that sense because he's been called the bridge of the two timelines him mm-hmm. and wiggins Jordan Poole's my age. He's 23. He, all the other young guys are 19, 20, and then all the old guys are in their 30s. 
Jordan Poole's, I feel like, got to start to step up and be the vocal leader for that young group when they go in. Because I feel like his attitude and the way his energy plays may dictate, uh, you know, Wiseman or, or Moody or Kaminga. Maybe yeah, not Kaminga. We'll, I feel like we'll, he's always just... We'll talk about Poole in a second because I do want to focus on him. Uh, the one thing... So, it's cool to see Aiton because you know that is how they want Wiseman to play, especially defensively. Aiton mm-hmm. does not show a lot of emotion, right? But he is a big, strong dude, and he's not going to play soft. That is what Aiton is good at, sometimes to his detriment because you get some fouls that that maybe he doesn't need. But for Wiseman, like, I think they would say, if we can get a DeAndre Aiton... Um, style out of Wiseman, we're going to be happy with that pick. I thought Wiseman played pretty decent at times. Like there was, you know, they found him on dunks and they were looking for him and Draymond even threw him an alley-oop that he, he really needed to crush. I, the, the, the guy so big to have him actually miss dunks is, is uh, frustrating to me because those are mm-hmm. just easy buckets. Where I would like to see him play a little bigger is, is in two places. The one that I have here, which is uh, going after rebounds. He and Aiton, you know, were battling for position. Uh, you know, sometimes someone would sneak around and get a rebound that I was like, man, if Wiseman just explodes and uses that length and, you know, nobody's taking this ball away from me, he's a little bit more aggressive in, in that he would have had a couple of more rebounds. There was one moment where uh, Moody wins the tip and the ball's right there for Wiseman to go grab and he kind of lackadaisically walks over and trips, stumbles, fumbles the ball out of bounds. And it's just like, and Kerr is just like, come on, like just catch the ball. So they're they're going to go through this stuff with him, but I think he's been uh, much better than what we remember in his rookie year. Uh, and so far, so good, I think, for for Wiseman. But there are just things that I'm just like, man, just watch Aiton, how Aiton plays. Mm-hmm. Because well, I, I think they want Wiseman, like Wiseman's skill set. And, and I've I've talked about this on my pod. I'm going to go back to Aiton, actually. But like the Aiton I watched in college would shoot threes. He would yeah. <laughs> he, could, he could sometimes hit him. The thing that was wrong with him in college, in my opinion, was defensively goes to the bigs. And I feel like he's a pretty good defensive center, but man, the guy doesn't shoot threes anymore at all. I think he shot one today, but that I think Wiseman is more skilled um, and versatile on, on offense. Cause but we haven't seen it, but I think his skill sets there, like in his rookie year, he was hitting some jump shots. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, uh, you know, kind of, he has a lot of moves that he could, he could whip out. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I obviously Aiden Aiden for that, you know, we've talked about Wiseman potentially being in more of like a role than, than trying to do too much. Like, yeah, look at Aiden. Aiden does everything perfectly in that, in that sense. But if he wants to like step into like a, a bigger role or, or, or start to show the number two pick he was, I mean, obviously he has to focus on doing all the little things, right? All the, all that he has to, he has to master the role first before he can do this. But I've been thinking, I actually just thought about this right now. There's like a, a, a pick and roll that James Harden and Joel Embiid run. That is like, so deadly. And essentially if I could paint the picture a little bit, it's James Harden, Joel Embiid, top of the key, pick and roll. 
We all know James Harden dribble, dribble, dribble. He could do a step back three. So obviously he, the guy who's guarding him is trying to get over the screen as much as possible. But when James Harden gets through the screen and now that his defender is trailing, he's running, he's, he's going for the, for the drive and Embiid's a little staggered behind him at the free throw range. And the guy who's guarding Embiid, the center, is afraid of the Harden. Um, he's afraid of the Harden drive. And he's also afraid of if Embiid gets it, he has a head of steam and he's yep. going to drive. Yep. So he's trying to do a rim protection. He's not really guarding up on Embiid. And James Harden just like left hand pass, just like bounce passes it behind him right to Embiid for a pretty decent wide open mid range jumper. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I bet Wiseman could do that. It's not, it's not that even though like obviously Embiid's just as the best center in the league, top two center in the league, like Wiseman will never become that, but that's a pretty simplified pick and roll. Obviously it's established because of how deadly those two are and how afraid the defense is of, of certain things they could do. But pool's a pretty good driver. Pool's pretty good at that. Well, one thing that I feel like goes under look is pool's playmaking. Have you noticed that lately? Like he's a really good passer and I feel like that's been undershadowed in his career, but he's completely showing it. I feel like he just does it a little too much. Sometimes it's the problem with it. I think is it only comes off of one-on-one. He It's mm-hmm. not as, as much in the flow of the offense as it is, though he did have a nice one to uh, to Wiseman on a fast break that I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. When it comes, it, a lot of it comes off the one-on-one because that's the type of player he is. And, yeah. you know, he he's going to get those eyeballs. And, and I'm glad that he is looking for that. But, you know, a little bit too much dribbling sometimes. But for Wiseman, there was a play where I... I don't even know how to play this. Like I, I, I would love to hear, you know, the Warriors big man coach talk about how to play this. But uh, book was, uh, he was. I don't remember exactly where he was. I don't think he was quite in the paint. But he's kind of patiently trying to get the Warriors to decide who's going to come out on him because Aiton is also right in the paint. So Wiseman has to pick between. Book, who's kind of just doing this thing where he's showing, he's showing, he's showing. And Wiseman did not come up to guard him. So then Book just shot the floater right over him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, it would be great to know if Wiseman is supposed to pick and then go hard. Because if he goes hard at Book, then maybe Book dumps it off to Aiton. And there's there's probably a guard there that that Aiton has to is is probably going to score over, but mm-hmm. I just I, I was very interested to see that play because as we know, Wiseman is very athletic. He's got the long arms. He didn't. He wasn't decisive enough because he was about to jump out on the shot, but Book had already released it. And that's the other thing. I want to see Wiseman go after some of these shots, man. Mm-hmm. He's. I think he's. I think he's in his mind. He's worried about rebounding and getting position and making sure that he's boxing out the right guy, which is is very smart. But I want to see him wipe out some of these shots because he has the ability. Mm -hmm. And when you can wipe out a shot, Draymond is going to gas you up. You possibly are going to start a fast break. And this team is so good in the open court. Give give me like give me one or two of those just to kind of kickstart, kick these guys in the butt a little bit. And, you know, just to be that rim guy, that guy who you can depend on. Hey, you know. If we if we make a mistake or we take a chance and and it gets gets by us, we know we got the cleaner behind us who can wipe stuff out. He's mm-hmm. not there yet. I don't think I don't think players are really afraid of going and attacking the rim with him there yet. So that's another thing that hopefully yeah you know, he'll he'll improve on. But it's cool, think- it's cool to watch. I'm 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 enjoying watching his growth on the basketball court because you can just see this like blossoming 
player in, in just in front of our eyes. And I, I, I'm, I'm just happy to see him and, and watch him grow. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think that you're right that, you know, if he does commit and let's say he misses the block, especially against a center like Aiton, most taller centers, you could think of like Capella or just think of a taller center. If he commits to book in that play and book misses the shot, it's just an easy like Aiton's going to get the rebound, dunk it. That's probably what he's worried about. It happened on the other end too. Aiton committed to, I'm not sure if it was Curry or it was Curry and Curry same situation. Aiton commits, goes to block Curry. Curry doesn't get blocked. He just misses the shot and easy wise him put back. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I, 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 as a defender, I don't even know necessarily what the right play is in that situation, whether it's like just show heavy to book and then just yeah. run back to Aiton to try and just try to bother book just a little bit, but book so poised, man. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he wasn't going to be rushed in that moment. He was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to move you. You're not going to move me, which is why he's such a good player. Exactly. All right, let's talk about Jordan Poole. Oh, thank you. Uh, Jordan Poole was really good offensively, especially in that first quarter when Steph went out of the game. Steph did not have a really good game tonight. Uh, I, I don't even know what he ended up with, but Jordan Poole had to kind of pick up the slack there because Clay was not shooting well, obviously. Uh, Steph, was, Steph finished 7 of 17, so he had 21 points, but Steph was a... Minus 17 on the floor tonight. And so Jordan Poole picked up the slack. And uh, I think he had, I want to say he had 14 in the first half. So that that means that he only had three in the second half because he ended up with 17 points. So from that perspective, I, I, I was enjoying watching him play. I like the way he uh, utilizes uh, all of his skills. And he, he's got to be a, a tough guy to defend. But on the other end, Man, Jordan Poole, Jesus. the defender, is a guy who Jordan Poole, the ball handler, would love to attack. Like he he wishes he could he, that himself was guarding him uh, on on defense because he would eat eat Jordan Poole, the defender, up. And I, you know, this is this is one of those things where you know we talk about Jordan Poole, Reggie Miller's calling him 140 for the 140 million dollar man. And like the defensive effort is just not there. He get, he watches a lot, and he got beat on back doors. He got beat like he. There was a couple times where he got lucky because they missed wide open shots where the communication wasn't there, and he's like kind of looking around like just doing that. He had five fouls, which means lots of reaching. So yeah, just defensively, I thought he was a really bad tonight, and you know I think. Most of us think that he can be an all-star because he's got the skill set, but on defense, he is really bad right now. Some of that is the team because the team is really bad defensively right now. Even the starters. I know uh, our buddy Ben Cruz, when they put that second that second team uh, lineup in, he's just like, oh my God, these guys are killing me. That I'm calling that the Ben Cruz lineup for the rest of the year, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I, you can't even blame them. You could blame them in the Sacramento game. You could blame them in the Denver game. You cannot blame them in this game. It was the first team was just giving up buckets, but they were scoring buckets. So it was like, okay, you know, you score, we score. Uh, But they they just could not, they could not keep up with, uh, with Phoenix in that level. But yeah, I think pool, there's a lot to be desired there defensively. And I want to see the improvement because last year we were talking about it in the playoffs. You know, they were, they were taking him out of games because teams were focusing on him. And that is my worry as we, uh, you know, as we play some big games here is 
same thing. They're just going to pick on him and he's got to show out, man. He, he, one thing before I'll, I'll let you go, but I'll let you do your, your pool spiel. When Clay got kicked out, that was the time for Jordan to mm-hmm. shine, right? Yep. Instead, he was too busy talking up book like their buddies. And then that's what I happened. guess. I guess before I start my spiel, has Jordan Poole, have we seen him? Like, I feel like I've seen him talk trash one time to someone else. I don't remember, though. I he don't, he I don't talks know. trash and his ce- his celebrations are like talking trash, but it doesn't yeah. seem like he really gets in anybody and challenges them in, in that I way. I feel like he's challenged one person and I forget who it is. But anyways, I feel like, you know, we saw we heard it in the Denver game how... Uh, Doris Burke went on for like 15 minutes on the Dre pool. Uh, the whole I'm so, incident. I, so I didn't get to listen to that because I, my my uh, Hulu recorded the the Fitz and, and Kalena version of the game, so I didn't get to you, hear it. You would have thought someone died by <laughs> her tone and how she was talking about it. But you know, we've said how we might hear it every single broadcast. I'm not sure if I heard it on this broadcast. Did they mention it? I missed the first quarter, so that probably would have been the time for them to say something. Um. Did you hear anything? They didn't really mention it, but you know who did mention it was Andrew Bogut on the Tim Kawakami podcast. Oh, I haven't listened to that. I need to listen He's, to that. He specifically said that that stuff hasn't happened on teams that he's been a part of. So Interesting. He's, like, he's like, all these old school guys say, oh, that happens all the time. He's like, no, you know, arguments happen. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets broken up. He's like, actual fist fights do, do not really happen that much. And I bring that up because, yeah, we're sick and tired of hearing about it. But if there was one time to reference it, I think it's right now. Because if this was last year, Draymond would have yelled at him by now on those defensive lapses. And I'm worried that because that incident happened, Draymond's too afraid. I don't know about afraid, but just doesn't feel like he's has he, it's his place now mm-hmm. to be able to, to chew him out on some of those defensive lapses. I swear it would have happened by now, like especially in that game and a high intensity game it would have happened that Draymond yeah. would have yelled at him, but it's, it, I don't know if he feels like it's in his right or he has the place to do it anymore. And, and that might, we might need to keep an eye on that. Well, you, but you know, you know what that means though? That means it is up to Steph. That means it is up to clay. It is up to loon loon rebel, right? Like it, like if Draymond can't do that because of their relationship, then it is up to those other guys who are, are also team leaders. Uh, Loon, you know, Loon was the, the voice of reason when all that stuff happened. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be kind of interesting if, you know, who's the, who's the one that kind of takes JP aside and, and, and talks to him about this stuff. Cause yeah. Uh, the, I, I mean, some, some people are just gonna, you know, physically, whatever, you know, that there's an intensity that is necessary to be a good defender that, I don't know if he has sometimes yet because he, he is a still a young player, but um, a lot of it is just effort, right? And and wanting to to be good at it. Like you can look at Steph Curry from the beginning of his career, and you can go to like the 2016 playoffs when they're like ISOing him, and that the defender today, or you know, we'll, we'll even say last year's uh, playoffs that guy is completely different defender and they don't ISO him that much anymore. So it can happen. It, and, 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 you know, Steph just really, really wanted to be a much better defender. So that's, that's probably, and, and he's might be the guy to, to talk to Jordan about that. 
He could. You know? I mean, we should also mention that it's up to the 23-year-old $140 million man to be like, wait, this isn't good what I'm doing. Because like you said, yeah, it's a lot of effort. It's also using your brain a little bit. And I just think that he helped a couple of times in the paint and helped off of his shooter when he shouldn't have. And then he goes to close out. The shooter pump fakes gets by him and it's just an easy bucket or a, a, a foul by someone in, in the middle. It's just very easy. And I say that, I mean, it's, it, who knows when you're out on the court, obviously, but it, it's very just use your brain a little bit, man. Like you've played this game your whole life. You've been in the most intense moments already as a young 23 year old. Use your brain. And he knows how the Warriors defense and the Warriors offense is when they scrimmage, right? He's got a guard. He's got a good that they probably run him through the rigor constantly uh, on that team. All right. So um, let's talk about. I think we lost him. uh, When we talked uh, on. uh, We lost you. We lost you for about seven seconds there. Oh, no. You can hear me now. There's something, there's something funky. There, there's something funky going on with the Wi-Fi here. Can you see me and hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I think okay, good. So we missed. Uh, we haven't talked about two games. The last time we talked was Tuesday after the opener in uh, the, against the Lakers, and so I kind of wanted to get your biggest surprise so far, and also your biggest disappointment so far in this young season. Uh, and we you can start with whichever one you want uh, with with, uh, with the team so far. So pick pick which one you you want, and then I'll follow you. Ooh, biggest surprise. Um, I think we had said a lot of times on this podcast we thought that Moody was going to be a staple in the rotation, almost like it was solidified because mm-hmm. of the depth they had and the depth they were potentially missing at a position that he would have been the next man in line. And those first couple games, like he didn't really play against the Lakers. He didn't really yeah. play, you know, and, and it took Dante DiVincenzo to go out for him to like be a staple in today's game in the Kings game, I believe. And so um, I think that would be a big surprise for me. Is there another one? Like I, I actually haven't thought of this. Um, I'll give you one. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins's early game aggression, mm. like that dude is coming out and trying to score the ball right away. Like I like seeing that. Now today, I, he did a really good job of that today. But then you know his his stats don't show, uh, and he was actually the worst plus minus in, for the Warriors. I, I'm not sure that really means too much in, mm, uh, yeah. in this game. But, uh, yeah, his aggression, man. He he's really come out looking to score. He's showing some uh different moves like like maybe he had worked on uh, during the season he still got that little step back that he loves but lots of you know moves in in the in the post with, with the pivot and and shooting off a of different uh different pivots and stuff so i i've been really enjoying seeing that for for surprise for me that's a good one uh yeah i mean you worry though right because of what timberwolves fans warned us when we got wiggins that like yeah he'll look good for five games and then he'll look like shit for six to seven and so you know this is in that any 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 what like i don't know about i don't know about terrible but it's because he was able to be a fourth guy on a team that he was able to shine more versus being the number two guy in minnesota but there's still like you could tell like pre all-star break when wiggins was selected as a starter like he was playing awesome and then he gets selected as a starter and then he kind of goes in his slump 
like as of last year. So you, I'm a little worried that I'm a little less worried because of, you know, he's comfortable where he's at. And we he saw was the playoffs. The, we saw the playoffs and now he's four games in and playing awesome still. So I feel like I'm a little less worried about that regression that he might have uh, this time around because I, I'm with you right there. He's He's been awesome. Can I give you my disappointment? Yeah. Jermichael Green, man. He's no Otto Porter. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) You were trying to tell me that he was this guy right here, Otto. And uh, so far, he has not been Otto. And, you know, look, I'm I'm probably being a little hard on on him. I I think Kerr trusts him a lot in, in what he does, but... He has not hit the, the the open three, the corner three. Every time he puts the ball on the floor, it is not good. And he doesn't have great hands, at least from what we've seen so far. So, you know, I, 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 I hope that he is just trying to get comfortable in the system and trying to learn it. And But, yeah, so far, I think uh, Jermichael Green, he, he had a really good first game, but the last three games, he, he's been pretty bad. I don't know if this basketball reference is accounting for this last game. Jermichael shooting 42% from three men on 2.3 attempts, <laughs> shooting 42% from three. Yeah, I think I think now looking back at the auto thing, I think I've always subconsciously thought of it more of late season auto and, and playoffs auto more than mm-hmm. more than the sharp shooting auto. Um, but I just think that, you know, auto and I probably said this three times on the podcast, but auto in the playoffs was like a down. He was doing the dirty work and then teams mm-hmm. were just still guarding him at the three because of his, his rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Jamichael is a similar way, just less of a three, more of a dirty work. And I think I've said that already before, but yeah, you know, it's, it's been a tough stretch for him. I think these rotations are still weird. There's yeah. it's, it's, it, it doesn't fit yet. He's not playing with Steph. He's not yeah. playing with clay. He's playing with the young, the young guys. So that, yeah, yeah th- th- that's why I said that. I'm probably being um, a little harsh on him, but uh, but yeah. So the Warriors play on Thursday, and you're going to go to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami, they're one and three so far this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not scoring at all. Uh, they are. Um, they're they're giving up five more points than than they are, are scoring, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game because you know they're always they always have a good team, mm-hmm. but you kind of wonder with the way that this roster is built with uh, uh, Lowry and Oladipo, you know, not not the Lowry's getting up there, and Oladipo seems to always be hurt so they're relying on some young guys our guy nikola jo- uh, jovic uh didn't he get kicked out of a game already or something like he got he, suspended like, because he left the bench during an altercation i don't think he's was, i don't think he's gotten was. any valuable playing time yet yeah the 19 year old who we yeah. saw in the california classic i don't think he's graduated high school per sources <laughs> <laughs> but uh but, any 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 thoughts are you looking forward to this game on the team I'm looking forward to the game. I'm interested in in in, uh, in being at Chase, but I mean the Heat are. I had them, I think, sixth or seventh on my uh, predictions so far, and, and they've played hard teams. I think they've played the Celtics. They played the Raptors. I want to say twice now. I forget the other team they've played, um, but you know they're missing uh, a power forward. PJ Tucker is not on the team anymore. He went to yep. the 76ers, and they didn't replace him. So obviously they're probably on the look for a Jay Crowder who's on the trade market right now. 
Um, I, I, I made a hot take in case that doesn't happen, that maybe Jovic does step into that spot because they're playing Caleb Martin right now at the four, mm-hmm. who's probably a two guard height. Jimmy yeah, Butler like, has to play five. down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, they, they're just really missing depth at that position, which I don't know if it's the reason they're out there one and three, but it's definitely a big contributor. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you or maybe float a topic. I know we're trying to get mm-hmm. out of here soon, but I think we can, we're, we're noticing here that I don't think they're trying to win 72 games. No, you know, they're, no they're, they're, they're like easily not trying to do that. I think last year they had something to prove. Uh, a lot of people counted them out this year. It's kind of like what more it's, it's the, it's the famous Steph quote, like uh, w- what are they going to say now? You know, they, that's kind of the mentality they're running with. And I feel like this season um, is more to, uh, I think this season is more for the young guys so they don't have to go get an Otto Porter Jr. or a Gary Payton in the free agency. So they don't have to go get a DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green in the free agency. Those young guys will step into those roles. I think that's what they'll look at as a successful season. Obviously, they want the championship. That's the successful season championship. I don't know if it's or bust, but you know, I think that's that's what they'll view. Like If these young guys can step into those roles, um, that that's that that'd be huge for them. And you know, you look at as much as people want to win this game, there are teams that are have one have more to prove and two want more want to prove it. Phoenix Suns again. I don't know if it's counting this game. Devin Booker thirty nine point seven minutes per game. Mm-hmm. Mikel Bridges thirty eight point three minutes per game. Chris Paul thirty three. DeAndre thirty two. The Warriors. Stephen Curry, 33.3 points per game. That's already 6.4 minutes less than book. Andrew Wiggins, 32.7. Jordan Poole, 27. Draymond Green, 26. Clay, 23. We know Draymond and Clay are on a minutes restriction, but that shows you, you know, that first night of the TNT opener, the Celtics and the 76ers played. Both those teams went like eight deep. They just like went straight into like playoff rotation. You go to the Lakers Warriors and that's where the Warriors bust out a 10 to 11 man rotation. Like they, they are, you know, leaning more into the, in, into just seeing, I think what these guys can do, figuring out rotations on the go. Um, and I think they're going to take their time. Um, I have them as a three seed and they, they could fall lower. I don't think they're too worried. I feel like they still want to keep maybe home court in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I'd, I I would not want to slide past the four seed if I was there. Yeah, neither would I. But it, so it like I, I I think what you're saying is is that Kerr is willing to take some losses uh, in order to make sure that the team is is healthy and that the young players get reps because that's what he keeps saying, right? He's like, they just need more reps. They just need more reps. I think I'm in. As long as they are winning the games that they should win. Mm -hmm. But when you start getting closer, you know, let's say 25 games into the season, if they are uh, 17 and eight, I think we're I think we're good with this plan. Mm-hmm. If they are 13 and 12, then you're like, oh, I don't know about like, when are we going to start playing our guys a little bit more? I think the I think the other thing to think about is. I mean, look at who's undefeated so far in the NBA. We have <laughs> one, we have two undefeated teams, and you know the Bucks have only played two games, so they're two and zero. The Portland Trailblazers are undefeated uh, in in the West, uh, and you know Phoenix is going to be up there. They look really good. The Pelicans look good, though. You know we'll see. They they may have some injury concerns. 
But then you look at the other two teams. These guys are supposed to be the worst teams in the mm-hmm. league. The Spurs and the Jazz are also three and one, which means that some of these teams who are supposed to be good are are losing some ball games, like your 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 favorite uh, Minnesota Timberwolves there at, at two and two. Those poor guys. Uh, da- Dallas two also and one and two. I know they had a really they played a really fun game against Pelicans earlier today. So uh, the like some of this is going to be like okay. Where are we in the standings? How are we doing against some of these teams? Like if they can play the Lakers and the Kings, you know, they're going to play them both three more times and they're going to be, they're going to be fine. Right. Cause they, the Warriors are going to beat up on teams like that. They may not win every single game, but they're going to beat teams like that. Uh, and, and they'll, they'll have to test themselves. The, t- today was a good test and, and Phoenix was just uh, much better, but you know, Memphis on Christmas, that's going to be a great test. Denver, the the Warriors came back in that game, but man, they, it, you cannot just not play defense for a half, uh, you know, and, and have the other team score 70 points. So there will be moments where I think, you know, that they'll just be like, okay, we, this is a game we kind of have to win. So let's, let, let's really go all out here. Uh, I, I, I wonder though, uh, the thing that I would wonder about is even when you're giving all of these young players, all of this time and all these reps, you're still not playing Jonathan Kaminga very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he looks scared to shoot the ball right now. Uh, he had a, he had one nice dunk. He had another one where if he would have just dunked, he would have had an easy bucket. And he tried to to finesse it and, and instead of go through the guy who he clearly could have gone through, he missed a three. But like it's guys like that where I'm like, man, this is the guy that we want to get out there and see what he has. And and he's not looking great. Uh, Moses played a lot today. He looks good, but he's still, he, you know, there, there's an athleticism thing with him. I think he's got, he's going to hit the open three, the open corner three, and he's trying to get to the bucket, but that's when he's forcing stuff. He's getting a shot blocked. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more of a mid range from him. Cause I think he's, he's such a talented guy and he's such a smart guy. I think he could do that. We saw that late in, in, in the game. But uh, but yeah, I want to see, you know, the young guys get get the opportunity if by reps Kerr's having to play Ty Jerome and Dante DiVincenzo. We know what DiVincenzo can do. DiVincenzo is going to be a, a really good role player. But uh, I want to see Moody and Kaminga, man. I want I really want to see them get out there and play with some of these better players because, you know, if Kaminga is playing with Draymond, He's going to get some easy buckets. You know, if Moody is playing with Steph, he's going to get some open threes when they're playing with each other. And then they're playing with Jordan only. They're not going to get those opportunities like, like they are with, with the starters. Mm-hmm. I think you're right there. And um, I heard, cause I didn't watch the G league ignite tape like that when Kaminga and Jalen green were there. But apparently Jalen Green was like the primary scorer, like the go get your bucket guy, not really looking to create as much, just looking for a shot first. Kamingo was apparently the playmaker there. Mm. And he was the guy who was finding everyone. I'd be interested in going to see some of those play those those highlights. Point Kaminga. But I mean, if that could be something that really changes the, the dynamic of this young core if he is able to pick that up. But I mean, I feel like we're more worried about some of the little things first before he starts. Uh, yes. venturing more into that aspect. I mean, it, it, there could be things in practice as to the reason why he's not playing. Mm-hmm. It, some of it has got to be lineup fit too. Like we, we know that 
the lineup fit is going to be hard. But there's going to be a game where Draymond gets a rest. And I would like to see Kaminga with Looney and Curry and Thompson and Wiggins. And I would like to see what he does there, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so those are the those are the games I'm a little bit more interested in seeing them play. When it's just the hockey lineups, the Ben Cruz lineup, it's not as fun to watch because you know that, you know, the the offense is just uh, the, these guys are going to be doing a lot of standing around, watching Jordan boogie, you know, with, with the with the basketball on the string, which is fun because Jordan's great, but that's not necessarily how I want to see those young players play. I want to see yeah. them with the the vets and with the good players because I think they could eat off of uh, off of those opportunities. So, yeah, we're about to or we're we're gonna see that those games on like back to backs and against bad teams already. Let's just see yeah. them with the vets for now. Yeah. Um. All right. So you're gonna go to the game on Thursday. So we'll get some you know, some firsthand viewing knowledge from you the next time we record. We'll have to look into the schedule. I was kind of looking at the schedule and seeing. When when the next opportunity to to record is because you're going to go to the game on Thursday, then they don't play again until Saturday. They have the Hornets in Charlotte, and then after that is oh they play back to back Charlotte and Detroit this uh, this Ooh. upcoming weekend. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, so maybe we'll have to do uh, you know I won't I think I got to do a 49er podcast on Sunday night so. But we'll figure it out because there, there's that. Those are going to be some fun games, just because of the fact that those, you know, the, they 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 should boat race both of those teams. But the Pistons are going to be frisky because they got all that young talent. And and Charlotte uh, hasn't been awful for some reason without yeah. Lamelo. So all right, uh, I think we're good here. We, we can gotta, I say one more thing before yeah. we sign off? Uh-huh. Uh, I'll make I'll try to make this one quick. Uh, and you you kind of just got to let me roll with this one. If you guys, if no one, whoever's listening, if you're not on Twitter, you will not understand this whatsoever. <laughs> but there was, uh, you know, just addressing the elephant in the room here, there was a podcast <laughs> that, you know, had some words to say about fan created podcasts that don't mm-hmm. have credentials, that don't have insider access, that don't have, you know, just, I guess they, they just don't like the idea of two fans doing a podcast because, you know, what are they going to listen to it for? What are they going to gain out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he capped it off by this individual capped it off by saying that uh, the podcast that he was uh, basically subliminally tweeting or subtweeting was 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 associated with the Blue Wire Network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went I went back to the drawing books and, and had to think of who he could be talking about. You know, I was thinking of all the podcasts on the Blue Wire Network, you know. I, I don't know how, I could, how many I could name off the top of my head, but, you know, you think of light years. It's like, no, probably not. And then you get to ours. <laughs> and it's like, man, where they were really talking about us. The death lineup. The death lineup, you scared know, and the death lineup. It, scared of the death lineup. And I, you know, one. Yeah, our, our podcast audio sounds better than yours. Yeah. And two. You know, we got we got two words for you for you, Cyrus. Just cue the music at some point, but you know, maybe we could do that in post production. All right, that was my spiel. <laughs> well, <laughs> that guy had that guy got a lot of attention. Uh, I, I saw Blue Wire, uh, Kevin uh, KJ put a, I think they made a shirt based off of what he said. And uh, and yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, it's gonna be, I, I don't know. I think I think he'll kind of. I think he got his like ten seconds of fame based off of. Uh, <laughs> A take. It was a, he probably thought it was a hot take, and he's just probably frustrated that some of those fan podcasts are a little bit more popular than his. But oh well, maybe maybe he'll 
you know, he should probably apologize and just go on his merry way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He should. I don't he know. probably should. He just, uh, he's just trying to, uh, uh, what am I looking for? He, he's just like trying to like, you know, he's trying to make sure you can't put, uh, man, uh, the inner entertainment, the people, the way people consume entertainment, he's trying to like gatekeep it. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, this isn't, this is more than just sports. Like some people listen to these strictly for entertainment. Like even if Bill Simmons didn't have the access and the insider info, it's like just such an interesting person, the way he talks, I'd still listen to the podcast. Yeah. So he just can't gatekeep the way people entertain or consume entertainment. Yeah. He, he's, he, he's frustrated. He, that was his clay moment. Clay got kicked out of the game. That was Cyrus. He was just, yeah, it was his first ejection throwing fire, throwing flames at people for, for no reason whatsoever. So light years was like, what did we do other than create a popular podcast with a, a, a great community of listeners? My guy, well, he should just ask them like, Hey, how can I, how can I get more listeners? Like, what did you guys do? How can I, you know, I got this credential. I get to go to these games. I, you know, Connor, at least uh, he, he's a writer. So, you know, he, he writes stuff. I don't, I don't know what Cyrus does other than the, that, that podcast, but otherwise, just keep it, just keep the death line about your mouth, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave us alone, man. We're, we're, we're just having fun. All right, so that'll be it. So we'll be back at some point next week, and uh, Brian will have a first hand view of Warriors Heat. So we'll talk about that. And then they got some fun games this weekend. The Charlotte and Detroit are Charlotte is not as fun without LaMelo, but Detroit, I think he might be back soon. So yeah, so hopefully he's back, and, and Detroit's going to be fun. So, All right, so that is it from here. We will see you all later for Bry. I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.